This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. said no gifts uh i continue to be bridger weiniger i'm so happy you're here what's going on oh i don't know uh i went on a nice little drive before this so i'm relaxed i've had a nice time listening to some music if you're driving i hope you're not parallel parking currently because this feels like it would be a stressful distraction and that's gonna you know you're going to grow to resent me and my voice and i don't want that happening so Put a pause on anything else you're doing and just focus on the podcast. This is episode 100, and I would like you to start acting like it. I don't know if you even noticed the 100 when you, you know, when you were clicking around the, you know, on your device, your phone, in the desperate way you do trying to get to the audio, but hopefully this audio is now enlightening you. It's opening your eyes to this big event. It's obviously a huge occasion for me. I assume an even bigger occasion for you. And so, Hopefully your mind is racing, you're trying to think of ways to thank me and nice things to do for me for all of the, you know, the ways I've improved your life. You're out spreading the word about the podcast, you're uh, planning a party, you're putting on your best dress, uh, you know, you're planning a special dessert, I don't know. Whatever it takes to honor this enormous occasion, I support you. Now let's just get into the show. I can't believe, I mean, today's guest, I'm just beyond thrilled about who doesn't love weird al yankovic uh i sure do <laughs> I, I al i I'm, I'm already calling you al i called you al before i began the podcast and i feel it feels so unnatural to me i i, I think it's completely natural to, to refer to somebody by their name it feels like if i had gone to like buckingham palace and called her liz you know it's like <laughs> It's like a title. It's it's I've I've know I've known you from afar since I don't know third grade. So suddenly to be calling you Al feels very disrespectful. Well, I think we're close personal friends by now, don't you think? I think so. I mean, I'm willing to just commit to that. I think we can just seal it here and move on. And I'll I'll, I'll just now call you Al and try to be cool. Let's about move it. on. Call me Al and feel completely at home with that. <laughs> okay, fine. Al, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I'm, I'm not parallel parking. I am completely relaxed and, and ready for this. 
<laughs> Whatever this happens to be. <laughs> well, we'll get into this later, but you uh, agreed to be on the podcast a little while ago and you said you had some things coming up and now you really do. You've got a movie that's just been announced, which is crazy. And you're about to go on tour again. Yeah, I mean, you're the, you're the first person that I've talked to outside of my immediate family about the movie. Uh, I, I can't give away any juicy secrets, but uh, it feels weird to be able to finally, you know, say, yes, I'm making a movie, because that's something I kind of kept under my vest for uh, for quite some time. Can you say how long you've been working on it? Um, well, I mean, it's it's based on a funnier die sketch that Eric Appel and I did in 2010. So, I mean, back then I didn't think, oh, we're going to make a movie out of this. In fact, you know, we, we, we made that sketch and it, you know, went viral. And then I, I continue to play it in my live shows, like on the big screen, oh, like on the concert pages. And so it's been part, a part of, you know, uh, my show for many years, but I always thought, yeah, no, this is great. It's it's funny, but it's a three and a half minute sketch. It's it's what it's supposed to be. It's a, like a fake trailer, ha ha. And then I woke up one morning about two years ago and I said, "No, this needs to be a movie." <laughs> you know, because there are all these biopics coming out, like you know, uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, where you know, mostly true, but they definitely took some uh, some liberty with the facts, <laughs> which kind of bugged me because I said, that, "That's not the way it happened. That's not right." <laughs> and I thought, okay, well. Maybe I should do finally do my biopic and maybe even tweak it a little bit more. <laughs> maybe take a, a few more liberties than they did. Yeah, I remember watching that trailer, I guess, yeah, 12 years ago or whatever, and feeling like, oh, this should be a movie. And I feel like a lot of people felt the same way. It's The trailer is very, very funny. And to see that blown up into a movie, that sounds incredible to me. Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 going to be great. And um, again, I can't give away like I, I'm I'm kind of blown away with the people that are going to be in the movie. I, we've been casting this week, and like everybody wants to be. <laughs> I bet. So it's 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 really kind of blowing my mind, and I can't say anything. But wow, it's a great cast. Uh, but but Daniel Radcliffe, man, he is so committed. Uh, and it's just I can't tell you what it's like to wake up in the morning and check my email. And there's a video from Daniel Radcliffe playing my bologna on the accordion. <laughs> it's insane. Does he actually play It's like, play it's so accordion? surreal. He's learning for the movie. That is incredible. He, I, I, that's one of the many things I love about him. He is deeply committed to this. Oh my God. And when did he get on board with this? Can you say that? Um, that was quite some time ago. Um, I, I can't tell you exactly when, but it was in the heat of the pandemic. I want to say maybe summer 2020. I don't, I'd have to go check it, check it out, but a, a while. He's been part of this for a while. Oh, that's so fantastic. What an incredible thing this is. Um, so you're working on the movie. You refuse to say anything about it. <laughs> so we're just going to have to move on from that topic. What, do okay. you, what is your everyday life right now? Um, you know, it's, it's gotten a little bit, it was very, very, uh, low key for, for most of the last two years. Uh, and it just now started getting very, very busy again because of this movie thing. And also cause we're getting ready to go on the road for six months, which is another thing. Uh, I'm hoping that COVID is not going to <laughs> push the brakes on. Uh, but, but yeah, there's kind of a lot of stuff going on. I, I continue to stay at home. I, I barely left the house, uh, for a very long time. Um, but we're, things are happening. Things are moving and shaking finally. Now, look, this is actually something I just thought about. Wordle. Have you played the game Wordle? <laughs> I have not. And I know it's all the rage this week. 
and, and and I feel like I should learn how to play it because I probably would enjoy it quite a bit, but I have not looked into it yet. What what do you think? Are you a Wordle guy? Well, the, sure, I've played it a little bit, and I'm having a good time. But the real reason I'm bringing it up uh, is it's just occurred to me that this could be an incredible Weird Al crossover. Wordle just found, sounds like somebody who's mispronouncing Weird Al. Well, you know, I, I, I tweeted uh, this a couple days ago because there's an old Billy on the Street clip of him talking to Elena, and Elena thinks, uh, Billy says, Weird Al Yankovic, and Elena says, oh, Wordle? Who's Wordle? <laughs> she invented Wordle. She invented Wordle. <laughs> That's incredible. I feel like the, the, there's got to be a crossover at some point. Oh, there must be. If, um, Wordle Yankovic. <laughs> I have been playing Wordle a little bit. I, uh, do you do crosswords or anything? A, a little bit. Actually, I co-wrote a New York Times crossword uh, a year or two ago, so that's my crossword claim to fame. Eric I didn't Berlin. know that. Yeah, Eric Berlin co-wrote it with me. So that was fun. What was that process like? Uh, he, he, it was mostly him doing the, the, the heavy lifting. He would uh, like kind of come up with uh, the actual crossword, and I would, I would mostly write the descriptions. And I, I think the theme... For our uh, particular crossword was cheesy movies, so it was all like really bad cheese puns, like a few Gouda men, you know that, <laughs> that, that kind of thing. You know, but it was it was fun. It was fun. I, I I can't say that I do the the New York Times crossword in pen every week. I'm not one of those guys, but I do enjoy them. Yeah, that's something to aspire to. It's something I'm like maybe someday I'll be that person, but I'll do the mini crossword on occasion. Uh, and now I've got this wordle which. There's something I, I enjoy playing it, but it does just feel like a guessing game. Yeah. Well, what's the other? There's another word game that's like super popular right now where where all the letters are arranged kind of in a circle. Is that is that called Spelling Bee? Maybe. I, I think like Seth Meyers is really into it, apparently, but I, I don't know how to play it or what <laughs> it is. Yeah, I feel like that's one that's always like pitched to me alongside the mini crossword. And I think I've got. I have 10 minutes for a word game today. I'm you only have so much time in your life, Bridger. Come on. <laughs> Got to make your, your wordle priorities. One thing I won't touch is a word search. Oh. Word uh -huh. search for me. What are we talking about? What's the point? <laughs> your, your life on this planet is finite. I don't want to be searching for words. <laughs> I don't have time to find your words for you. Come Just on. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me a book with the words in the correctly arranged order, and I'll enjoy it. You ever think of that? Come on. <laughs> what do you do to enjoy yourself? Um, you know, it sounds so boring. You know, I just I just hang out with my my family. I, I'm at empty nesting right now. My daughter's 18, and she's in college on the East Coast. Uh, so we, we see her every day, but it's now it's FaceTime. Right. Uh, and other otherwise, it's it's just you know very low key, just kind of hanging around the house. I, I I I'm on the internet more than a healthy person should be, and I'm you know watch movies at night and sometimes i play video games in my robe it's just like <laughs> but, but we don't get get out much so it's just like home stuff that's very much my existence playing video games in a robe kind of just stumbling around the house until i'm sleepy enough to go to bed Th there you go <laughs> we, i think we get along very well <laughs> uh have you been playing any video games recently yeah uh what have i been you know it's just uh i'm <laughs> I hesitate to talk about this because it makes me sound like a 14-year-old. Oh, uh, we've got to move beyond the 14. <laughs> that's what my boyfriend is calling me. Look, we're, <laughs> adults are playing video games and we've just got to accept it. 
Okay. Well, I, I've been I've been obsessed with the Grand Theft Auto online for oh, a couple fantastic. years. Oh, fantastic! And I've been doing like you know God of War and and uh, and um, Horizon. What is it? Uh, I think it's called Horizon, isn't it? Where you're the woman in the future? Y- yeah, I'm Zero I, Dawn. From, z- yeah. That, thank you, thank you, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so that. You know, I, I went through the the beginning of the pandemic. I, I had an uh, old PS3 that I dug out of storage. So I was playing all these like 15 year old games you know, for all of 2020. And I was waiting to get the PS5. So then I, I skipped a generation and now I'm now I'm bleeding state of the art. <laughs> but all of, all of 2020, I was playing like, you know, you know, all, all the turn of the millennium games. <laughs> uh yeah i don't have a ps5 i there was a period when i was trying to hunt one down and then it just was too exhausting emotionally and i gave up you know when it's on a store shelf and i walk past one i'll get it but i I can't keep up with it's kind of crazy that it's still you still can't get one i mean it's not readily available like is this over a year over a year year and a half at this point it's crazy i i you know my my wife was able to secure one for me on the day it was available back i think i think it was november 12th 2020 wow bless her (laughs) and it's like it was like one of those things like two o'clock in the morning we like snagged it on best buy online (laughs) or something like that it was like oh bless you honey this is why i love you She activated her army of bots and they yes. swarmed down. Gave purpose to my life. <laughs> Grand Theft Auto for me is difficult because I, I I have a hard time staying on task with that game. I'm immediately uh-huh. just distracted and suddenly I'm riding a bike to the ocean to beat somebody up and then I'm taking a boat somewhere. <laughs> I'm not staying on the story. It, I've never finished one of those games. Well, that's, I think that's the best way. To, that's the way my daughter plays. She she has no interest in, in goals or missions <laughs> or stories. She just wants to go around like running over people and killing things, you know, just <laughs> as a healthy person would, you know. Right, right. As we're all kind of just naturally inclined to do. Yeah. So going back to your tour, you haven't toured in, I mean, what is it, two years at least at this point? Do you have to, have you started rehearsals? How does that, how does that work for you? We, no, we, uh, we're, uh, we, yeah, the last tour was the Strings Attached Tour, which was the, our big orchestral tour. Uh, so that was 2019 and obviously didn't tour 2020. 2020, we were going to take off anyway, and that worked out just fine. <laughs> but but we were going to tour last year. That obviously didn't work out. Right. And now the tour is starting in uh, uh, late April. Um, we are going to probably uh, do the rehearsals after we finish uh, production on the movie. So, um, so yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll have time to do it. It's, and yeah, it's mostly songs that we've already been doing in concert, so it's not like we have to right. like work up arrangements or th- something like that. So I, you know, we just need to kind of shake the cobwebs out, and then we'll be good to go. And then we have a, then we have 133 shows to get it right. Oh my god, are you really doing 133? We are doing 133 shows on this tour. Wow, that's incredible. Where are you going? Kind of everywhere. Uh, it, it's a world tour. We're doing the United States and Canada. Okay. So we're, we're doing That's both. International. <laughs> but it, it is a North American tour. We maybe will do uh, Europe and or Australia next year, but we're we're going, we're kind of, and, and like all rock tours, it never makes any lo- logistical sense because, you know, we zigzag back and forth. We hit the East Coast four times and the West Coast three times. I don't know, but it's it makes no sense. We're on a bus driving all around the country for six months. And we wind up at Carnegie Hall, so we love, we're practicing, practicing, practicing for six months, and then we'll be there. <laughs> I think you should do 132 shows in Phoenix and then the Carnegie Hall. <laughs> I think that, that, that was one of our considerations. We talked about that. 
Um, oh, that's so exciting. And there, this tour is almost all just your original songs, right? Yes. Yeah. So it, this is, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a small tent tour. It's not meant for everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are disappointed that we're not doing eat it or whatever. And, and they should probably stay home because we don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to look out at disappointed faces. This is, this is geared toward the hardcore fans, uh, that I've been following my career for a long time and actually like the deep cuts right. and want to hear these songs, which I haven't been playing in concert because, you know, concerts are geared to please the most people possible. And this tour is geared toward <laughs> pleasing these crazy people that want to hear my original <laughs> stuff. I love that. Have you ever thought about doing a full album of original songs? Well, I don't know that I need to do that. I mean, I, I'm kind of done making conventional albums anyway, but I, but I always made it like 50-50, like half parodies right. and half originals. Because that just felt like a good balance because I, I do enjoy the parodies. I'm not like poo-pooing them, but I also enjoy doing the originals. And I like to kind of mix it up and, and you know, blend the two, and it, it kind, of, kind of balances pretty well. Right. And did you at any point, did you ever consider doing like a non-comedy album? No, I think there's enough people doing those. Right. <laughs> Well, that's very exciting that 133 night, uh, nights, uh, like over what span of time is that? Six months? Six months. Yeah. So we, uh, it's, I think we, I don't know, I know the exact day, but it's like we start the last week of uh, April and the last Carnegie Hall is October 29th. And that's the last day. Do you like going to concerts as a fan? I do. Uh, again, I haven't gone to many, or, I think I've maybe gone to one or two since, you know, this, this thing started. But yeah, I, I do enjoy that. Um, I don't get out uh, a lot and I don't do like the big stadiums anymore. When I was you know, much younger, I wouldn't mind like being with 20,000 people, but right. that's, not, that's not as attractive to me anymore. So I, I, I prefer to like, you know, catch a show at the Troubadour or someplace not quite as uh, uh, off-putting. <laughs> <laughs> Who have you seen in the last few years that you've enjoyed seeing live? Uh, I saw Emily King. That was fun. Oh, cool. Uh, again, not much recently. That she might be the only one. In fact, uh, a lot that I'd like to go see. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to go see Sparks next month. Oh my uh, god! But, I've never but, seen Sparks live. Oh, you have to. They're great. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go just because that's right before movie production starts, and I don't think it's it would behoove me to be out with a bunch of people mm -hmm. right before I hit a set. You know? <laughs> so, but, but yeah, but, but yeah, I love going to live shows. I just don't have that many opportunities. Right. Right. Well, Al, there's some, something else I'd like to talk to you about, or well, let's talk about that then. Well, I need to talk to you about, so uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, we've been communicating a little bit. You agreed to be on this podcast a month or so ago. And I was, Beyond thrilled. I was so happy that you had agreed to do it. And uh, I've been looking forward to it, to be honest. I, you know, I For, thought, first, I have, to, I have to stop you. I, I, beyond thrilled. I, that, that's a phrase that I used in the press release for the movie. And my wife said, <laughs> nobody says beyond thrilled. Is that true? Kate says, that's, who says beyond thrilled? What is beyond thrilled? And, and I, I said, can I say absolutely thrilled? And she said, better, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so beyond thrilled was redlined. Redlined, my friend. I'm I'm saying beyond thrilled all the time. Oh, well, go. Well, see, you're my validation. I'm gonna walk in after this podcast. I'm gonna walk in the next room and say, Bridger is beyond thrilled. <laughs> next time you have a press release, I need you to send the first draft by me. 
I, I would okay. be happy to weigh in on your Beyond Thrills. I do appreciate it. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Please continue. Well, I mean, I'm sure you have plenty of reasons to delay this as long as possible. Uh, look, you agreed to be on this podcast. I said no gifts. You're aware of it. The world at large is aware of it. The press, you know, everybody knows this podcast has a very clear directive. No gifts. So I was a little surprised recently. I was driving through your neighborhood at about 8.30 in the morning on a, I don't know, a Friday. And I thought, why don't I stop by Al's house just to say hello? As you do. As I do, you know. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the experience I had hoped for. Let's just say that. Let's say suddenly I'm walking away from your house holding a large brown box. And, uh, you know, in my confusion, in my anger, in, you know, just kind of like low blood sugar, it was early in the morning. I thought, I'm going to, I don't know what this box is. I can't deal with it right now. He's going to be on the podcast at some point. Maybe I'll just confront him then. Wait, are you the guy that's been taking all our FedEx packages? <laughs> we have a camera. I'm going to have to look at the footage. <laughs> That's a separate thing for me, Al. Okay. This is a different situation. Those packages I'm gathering for another purpose. I see. This box, I need answers. Is this a gift for me? <sighs> okay, I, I have to fess up. I know that this goes against everything you believe in. This is probably going to shake you to your core, but <laughs> but yes, I'm afraid it is, in fact, a gift. And and I, I it's just the way I was raised. I mean, mama didn't raise no ingrates. And I'm so grateful <laughs> to be on your podcast. I felt like I had to give back something, something, anything, just to show my gratitude. So please forgive me. I know that you probably hate me for this, but I want you to look beyond that and just try to look at my core, my core essence, and realize it's all coming from a good place. And I just want to do the right thing here. Well, my hatred is probably going, it, it'll be a couple of years before that cools down. But I do, I... You know, I'm a professional. The show must go on. This feels like a giant bump in the road of this podcast, and I would be happy to just shut it down right now, but we have to deliver to the listener. So maybe, do you want me to open it here on the show? Well, that seems like that would go against everything you believe in, but if you want to, I'm not going to say you can't. Look, I'm... I'm no stranger to moral compromise. I'm happy to get into it here. Let me get my scissor out. Now, it's All in a, right. a rather large brown box. Um, it's spring-loaded, so be careful. <laughs> it's just full of marbles. Um, let's see here. What's the best entry point? I guess right here. This is a worri worrisome part of this podcast. I'm constantly cutting towards myself while the guest watches on Zoom, and I feel like at some point I am going to cut myself and they're just gonna have to watch me bleed but but now you have somebody that can call 911 that's I'm right true. here that's very true very true that's that's like you don't go spelunking by yourself always bring a friend <laughs> i would love to go spelunking by myself the eeriness of a cave just Ooh. the you know that could be a nice way to go out i don't know let's see this is maybe the most dangerous box opening i've done on this podcast right? <laughs> careful <laughs> man <laughs> You're making me nervous. I'm making me nervous. This is not... Cut away from you. Cut away. <laughs> Cut away. There you go. I'm very bad with the scissor today. I think... Let's see here. This is going to be the next 30 minutes of I the podcast. I am so nervous right now. I'm just waiting for the blood to start spurting. Here we go. This Where is you... really... Oh, my heart. 
good grief. Let's see. I, I, I love this audio unboxing. This could be like a whole new thing. <laughs> I would <coughs> like to just have many sodes of the of the podcast that are just boxes opening, packages being shredded. Okay, we're getting in here. We're getting... We're, actually, there's more tape. I'm happy for this to go... For this to be the rest of the podcast. That, that was originally going to be mailed, but then somebody walked by and just picked up the package. So... <laughs> Let's see. You have to forgive me for that. Let's see. This is a beautifully taped box. I mean, nobody can get into this thing. No animal, no man. Let's see here. The listener is furious at this point, and I love it. Wow. I love just driving. My fear has turned to boredom. <laughs> boredom <laughs> will eventually become anger. Anger will become forgiveness. <laughs> and then we'll all be back on the same page. Oh my gosh, Al, what have you done with this tape? <laughs> here we go. Okay, I have finally. All right, I think here we've we go. Got, we've got Phew! a point. That that puppy is probably dead by now. <laughs> just FYI. I thought I smelled something. Let's see here. Okay. Okay, we're we're just ripping in. We're ripping. Okay. In. Rip, rip it. Oh my god, and now within the box is a full <laughs> gift. A wrapped gift. You don't think I'd give you something ungift wrapped, do you? People have done it before. What? <laughs> what kind of a Philistine do you think I am? <laughs> okay, I, uh, I'm going to take a quick picture of this gift wrap so people know how beautifully wrapped this was. Okay. Um, all right. We're, now we have a green... Listener, I apologize, and I completely blame Al for this. <laughs> As you should. I, I broke through the first layer, and now we're to the uh, an actual gift with this uh, cat wrapping paper. This is incredible cat wrapping paper. What if this is like Russian nesting gifts? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. And I, and I actually sent you a molecule. <laughs> One layer after another. Just years go by of <laughs> podcasts, just thousands of hours of recording. Okay, we're ripping in, we're ripping in. Okay. I hope we're getting some more noise. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just make noises uh, while you're doing this so people know we're still alive. <laughs> We've gotten to the, the box layer. We, we're opening, now we're to some bubble wrap. Okay. Get some bubble wrap noises. You can, have your, you can have your private time with that later. We're busy now. <laughs> oh, what is this? It's a trophy. What? Yay! What? This is... Okay, I just need an immediate explanation. Well, that is an actual trophy that I won in high school. What? Which I'm giving to you. Third place winner, high school speech team, 1976. Oh my god. This is incredible. Listener, it's a, I mean, you know what a trophy looks like. It's a, but it's like a little man. It says third place, 76, SCDL expository. Now what's SCDL? I, I believe it's Southern California Debate League. I didn't do debate. I did like expository speaking and humorous and terp and all, all sorts of other goofy stuff. But it was a competition. I went competed with other high schools and I, I apparently came in third place. And it was like I had my Grammys and that trophy. And I was like, nah, that trophy doesn't quite fit in. <laughs> Give it to Bridger. He'd appreciate it. <laughs> this is incredible. So how long were you doing this sort of um, speaking in high school? Was it something you did throughout your high school career or was it just like a... 
I think most of it, I think probably I started my sophomore year in high school and it was like my big extracurricular activity. Uh, and I did like uh, uh, humorous uh, uh, interpretations of, of comedic pieces like from Mad Magazine or, or Woody Allen or, or uh, Neil Simon or whatever. Uh, and then the expository was a 10 minute long speech on the hot dog, uh, which I think that took me to state. That was like my big, my big hit. I, I did the, my speech on the hot dog, which basically talked about all the horrible things that are in hot dogs and can be in hot dogs legally. Like uh, so many like, you know, milligrams of, of feces or, you know, rat hair or whatever. And I, I should point out that I did this speech uh, over a decade and a half before I turned vegetarian. So during all those time, I was still happily eating hot dogs to my heart's content. Um. Okay, so you were talking about hot dogs. What research did you put in to figure out what was going into these hot dogs? Uh, I probably went to the library. This is pre pre internet. Right. So I actually had to go and and I think check out books uh, and maybe look at some uh, hardbound encyclopedias <laughs> and, and the way that people gleaned their their information. You know, back whenever that was in the mid seventies. Like, what books are you looking into to find out what's happening legally in a hot dog? It's probably the periodical section. I probably like thought uh, looked up like hot uh, Newsweek hot dog articles <laughs> <laughs> for when there was some kind of like thing thing from the uh, what uh, the the FDA or whoever was investigating hot dogs at that time. Do you remember any of the speech? <sighs> I gosh, I it seems like I, I had it memorized for years. But <laughs> I, I I can't remember a single word about it. I just remember that there were visual aids. So I, I was, you know, I would like hold up a giant uh, a photorealistic hot dog at one point and I, I'd have charts and graphs. And it was it was pretty stupid, but I was like, you know, 15 or 16 at the time. So at the time, I, it didn't bother me that it was stupid. Right. And at the time, because you've played a, at least accordion since you were a kid, right? At the time, were you writing songs? Yeah, I was getting some airplane. The Doctor Demento show. I had my first, uh, I think, hit with him when I was like sixteen years old. Uh, by hit, I mean he played it on the radio. My friends called in to request it again. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> but but still, you know, I was I was on the show, and right. I kind of thought that was pretty cool because you know, I, I never thought that I'd have a a career in showbiz. I never thought I'd be doing anything remotely fun for a living. I thought I was going to be an architect. That's what I got th got my degree in. Oh no way! I didn't know that. Y yeah, but uh, but yeah, at the at the time I was playing the accordion. I was writing goofy songs and and um and getting the the random dr demento airplay um so that, that's yeah that started really early so you're writing song funny songs and also performing funny sp comedy speeches basically there must have been like some small glimmer of hope in you that like this could become a career i mean pipe dreams i wouldn't say that was really Honestly, I did not in my wildest imagination think I'd have a life like the one that I currently have. Right. Because, you know, I thought, you know, I, I was very adult minded and rational and and reasonably thought like, you know, I'm not really like, <laughs> you know, the type that would like be a rock star <laughs> or make a movie or be have anybody pay attention to me at all, really. <laughs> Uh, so, so when I first, you know, started getting the airplane Demento show, it was, you know, it was, it was a thrill. I was tickled, but I didn't really think anything was going to happen there. Um, uh, having said that, when I graduated from college, I did like put myself out there and, and, you know, knocked on some doors and try to get a record deal going. And, and, uh, to my amazement, uh, that actually happened. But I mean, all grow the whole time I was growing up and as a teenager, it never occurred to me that, you know, this is the way, the path that my life would take. Right. Right. How old were you when you got your first record deal? 
Um, well, my Bologna, uh, I, I recorded that when I was 19, and I think Capitol Records put it out when I, after I turned 20. Wow. Uh, and and I, didn't, I didn't sign my first actual real record deal until I was, uh, I think I was 22. I was in 1982, I think it was, and the first album came out in 83. And that was a, a 10 album deal, uh, oh my God. which, which doesn't mean they thought I was going to have 10 albums. I, that was probably, you know, the last thing they would have imagined. It was, it was just one of those draconian things where legally, like if by some fluke you happen to, you know, become successful, we've got you for, you know, the rest of your life, basically. Yes. And, and that contract, I will say that, you know, things actually did go well for me. And uh, not only did I fulfill all 10 albums, but they uh, uh, tacked on four more during renegotiations. So it wound up being a 14 album contract, which I finally fulfilled with my last album, Mandatory Fun, in 2014. So in just 32 short years, <laughs> I was able to fulfill all my contractual obligations. That's not a, not a bad turnaround. Yeah. So you got this third place trophy. Did you continue doing uh, speech competitively after this, or was this the top of the, the hill for you? I, I did better in high school, I think. I, I think I might have done some speech stuff my first year in college, but I got kind of bored with that pretty quickly. It, was, it, it wound up being more of a high school passion. Uh, but it was, it was fun at the time. It was just it was my first sort of performing, as it were. So it got me in front of people and got me comfortable, like, speaking you right. know in front of people and uh i guess i was you know very formative and 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 helpful and you know doing what i do now i guess and was the next trophy you won a grammy <laughs> was it i don't know um maybe it, crazy. <laughs> it could have i mean that trophy that you're holding in your hands i mean that you could probably sell that on ebay for like three to five bucks easy <laughs> oh i'm going it's, to it's, <laughs> i'm in desperate need of cash anything else yes um oh that's so uh, that's crazy so what 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 year did you win your first grammy uh 80 well it was 484 but the actual uh uh grammys where i won it was in 85 okay and then you've won have you won four uh, five but who's five. counting really <laughs> well then let's say 11 okay <laughs> <laughs> What is the what is the experience like of being at the Grammys as a nominee? Is it boring? I feel like a lot of being at award shows can be a little boring, but if you're nominated, that must be exciting. It's a whole different thing when you're nominated. Um, I mean, it's it's still. I mean, my category, the comedy category, is almost always in the pre-telecast uh, ceremony, shame. which which is also I wouldn't say it's boring, but it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need to demystify the award show. Yeah. But so, I, I mean, if, if you're nominated, you're, you're nervous through the whole thing. And if you're not, you're just sitting through the whole thing. But it's um, yeah, it kind of goes on for, for a long time. And they go through every random obscure category until they get to your category. And then all of a sudden it gets very exciting. <laughs> but it's a thrill. I mean, it's I, I, I like just even being nominated because it's a fun hang. You get to go to the Grammys and hang with a lot of really cool people. And it's a generally a really good show. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm always happy when I when I you know get the nod. Right. Uh, at Grammy shows, do you have any stories, any strange things that have happened, any weird people you've run into or exciting people? Uh, well, my, my favorite Grammy story is one that I've told uh, a lot of times, but I'll tell you as well. <laughs> Please, uh, which which is which is uh, the year that uh, Chameleon Air won for uh, Riding Dirty. Uh, actually, just called Riding, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he, he was on the red carpet, and he came up to me 
on the red carpet after he'd won his Grammy and he said, I just wanted to thank you for doing your parody white and nerdy because I think that your parody is a big reason why I won because it made it undeniable that my song was the rap song of the year. I thought, wow, <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> that's great. I feel like, uh, I mean, because your career, it, you've been making music for so long, you've probably had an influence on basically every working musician. I mean, young working musician at this point. I mean, I think for you, like you're kind of a gateway to music for kids, I think. Like for me, at least you, if it's not only funny music, but like it was the music I wasn't allowed to listen to by my parents. So it's like this, uh-huh. do you get, do you hear that at all? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I hear that I'm a lot of people's first concert or, or their first album. Uh, and it's because I partly, I think, because my music is considered quote unquote safe. It's, you know, it falls under the umbrella of family friendly. Uh, and I think that's because I don't use profanity, but my stuff gets pretty dark. It gets really I mean, dark. It's, it's not really like kitty music. Cause it, there's some really, uh, adult concepts <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> sprinkled through the music, but I, I don't like, you know, use harsh profanity. So I think a lot of parents go, Oh, it's fine. (laughs) Let the kids listen. (laughs) Yeah, I remember a pretty specific memory of listening to uh, I Remember Larry, which is like a very upbeat, (laughs) funny song. But like, I think if a parent has tuned it out, they don't hear that like eventually the narrator of the song murders the Larry character. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very dark. In fact, a lot of my original songs I think are darker than the parodies. So on on the on the Vanity Tour last time, I, I after playing a couple songs in a row about decapitation and, and mass murder, I I stopped and I said, yeah, I didn't really realize it before, but my stuff is really twisted. It's like dark. What am I thinking? I'm a happy person. I don't know what kind of demons am I suppressing that this is my art, you know. <laughs> I don't know, but I, it works. It absolutely works. It, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, thanks. Thank you. Um, yeah, this is what well, I can't, I actually can't believe that I just now own a trophy from you. This feels somehow, uh, cosmically unfair or something that suddenly now I have one of Weird Al's trophies in my home. Well, I think you can thank my wife for that as well, because I think, what, what could we give Bridger that he'd really appreciate? And my wife was like, you've got a box full of trophies. Maybe you could give him one. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I could. Sure. <laughs> Did you, uh, like as a kid, play sports or anything? Not really. I mean, I played a little bit of tennis. Uh, I wasn't on any kind of professional uh, team or anything like that. Um Ping pong, bowling. I mean, nothing's nothing strenuous. I mean, I was a prototypical nerd. So PE class was when like the jocks would beat me up, you know, <laughs> let's play football with the nerd, you know. <laughs> so it was never so organized sports weren't really a big favorite of mine in high school. And I've continued to not be that interested in them. Right. Um, so there. <laughs> <laughs> do you do anything physically work out exercise in any way? Um, not a lot. I, I, I don't go to the gym. The, the one thing I like to do is walk. So when I'm like getting in shape for a tour, I, my house is up in the Hollywood Hills and I'll walk all the way down to like Wilshire Boulevard. And That's back. a long and walk. Like, yeah, it's like a five, five mile walk. Uh, and, and, uh, I enjoy it. You know, I get to get out and have some semi fresh air and, uh, it's exercise. And I put on the walk, not, not the walk, man. That's like what eighties, but well, <laughs> your I, I, listen, I, I listen to digital music <laughs> on a device. 
and uh, and yeah, it's, it, and that, that's that, that's also uh, how I kind of like relearn my lyrics for a tour. I'll put my songs on, you know, on the the iPhone or whatever it is. Just I, say it, the I'm Walkman. Walking. Yeah. <laughs> And so people will see me like walking down the street. You can't even tell I'm wearing uh, earpieces because my hair covers it up. It looks like I'm walking down the street, just moving my mouth like a crazy person. <laughs> so, like I've completely this lost it. This man is it. dangerous. Yeah. Now stay away from the weird guy. <laughs> I will say, speaking of your hair, I think it's probably been said before, but I think we need to point out that Weird Al has the most luscious hair, some of the most <laughs> luscious hair in entertainment. I think it needs to be said. <laughs> years and you years could, of this beautiful mane and you could just cut off a piece and eat it right now it's just <laughs> luscious luscious locks that's what we've got to say that's the headline here al it's an iconic hairstyle and it's luscious luscious hair well, <laughs> do you condition somebody it? had to say it i'm glad it was you yes uh, I, you. I i use i use whatever product happens to be in the shower sometimes it's shampoo <laughs> sometimes it's conditioner sometimes both so I, I like to mix it up i go crazy is it hard to maintain no, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it takes a while to comb through, so I don't do that every day. You're, you're, not, you're not seeing the full, uh, <laughs> you're seeing the kind of unkempt Al today. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it, ta it takes a while. It's, it's a lot to deal with. Wow, yeah, that's, uh, so there's, is there ever blow drying? No, I, I just, <laughs> all my hair tips. No, I, <laughs> I, I just, I, just, just, I feel like people need to know. Just air dried, my friend. Wow. That's a lot of hair to air dry. I mean, I've never had long hair like that, but like even my fairly short I enjoy hair. dripping around the house, though. It's something I like. My wife loves it, so... <laughs> You're just slipping and sliding around this wet yeah. floor. <laughs> just constantly smell like mildew. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, I'm glad we... I'm, you know, I had to say it. People need to pay more. I, I, we've just got to respect your hair more. I think it's I, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I started a petition. <laughs> I will be the first to sign it. I think it's time to play a game. <gasps> Shall we? Okay. Um, I, I've got a I've got a pencil and paper. Oh, beautiful! You're going to need to write something down. We're going to play a game called Gift Master. All right. I'll tell you how uh, how it goes when we get to it. But I need a number between one and ten from you. Okay. Uh, pi. Okay, I've got to do some light calculating with Pi. Um, in the meantime, you can recommend something, you can promote something, you have the mic, I'll be right back. Oh my goodness, I, I think we've recommended and promoted uh, me uh, as much as possible. Uh, again, uh, tour coming up, you can go to weirdal.com to, uh, uh, to uh, get information and or buy tickets to one of the 133 shows I'm doing this year. God willing. And uh, and then we got a movie coming out, which uh, I, I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, maybe the I think I hoping the end of this year, because it's it's going to be total Oscar bait. So I think it's going to have to come out during the Oscar season. So we'll see about that. But that that's kind of it for me right now. And, and also, I've got a bunch of trophies in my attic. So if you want any trophies, uh, contact Bridger and we'll, we'll work out a deal. OK, beautiful. Perfectly used amount of time. This is how we play Gift Master. I'm going to name okay. three gifts, three items that you can potentially give away. Okay. Then I'm going to name three famous people. You're going to tell me which famous person uh, you'll give which gift and why. Does that make sense? And we're actually going to do this? I'm going to do it. I'm going to uh, dip into my own pockets and pay for these gifts to go to the celebrities. Okay. Okay. Then it's worth my time. Here okay. we go. <laughs> these are the gifts that uh, you'll be giving away today. 
Number one, this is a very simple gift, a lint roller. You know, Ooh, take, okay. you know, take care of a suit coat or whatever, get rid of cat hair. Always practical. Uh, number two, this is less conventional. This is the ability to become very, very small. So this would Ooh. allow the, the gifty to essentially shrink to a very small size, maybe mouse size. Got it. And finally, we have um, printer paper. Is that just like regular typing paper? Yeah, that's just, you know, probably a stack of 100 sheets of white, uh, you know, fluorescent white paper that can be printed okay. on, well, scribbled what, on. What bond, what bond number, do you know? Um, I, I'm going to say that's a solid 400. Okay, okay. Okay. Cool. The, three fine gifts, by the way. I can't wait to see who's <laughs> going to get these. Um, the following people will be getting the gifts. Number one is Kid Rock, musician Kid Ooh. Rock. Okay. Uh, number two, Dennis Quaid, actor Dennis ah. Quaid. And number three, uh, you know, he's in control of North Korea, Kim Jong-un. Oh. <laughs> so it's, a, you know, three men known for a variety wow. of things. Uh, and three excellent And three people gifts. that I was going to get gifts for for Christmas right, this year. And I on your just list. couldn't think of what to give them. So this, is, this actually is going to be very helpful. <laughs> wow. This, I mean, I, I could spend like a, a couple weeks just kind of figuring this out because this is a, this, this is a tough call because, I mean, they could, oh gosh, are we doing this now? Do I need to figure out who gets what? You've got to do it now. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I think the ability to become very, very small, uh, uh, maybe have to be Kim Jong-un just because of the whole little rocket man thing. You know, I, I think, I think, uh, it could be post ironic. It could, be, it could go beyond irony to become very, very true. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Cause he's such a powerful, powerful man. And I, I think that size shouldn't really matter to him. So I, I think he, he, I think he's a confident enough person that being mouse sized <laughs> wouldn't really make him upset i think he'd be fine with that i think he'd be totally cool he seems like a cool guy he seems like a cool dude he seems like somebody who could hang for sure he, he could hang as, as a he could have like mouse friends he could, he could be like running around the, the, the like the tom and jerry thing where you can run in the mouse hole what does I, Kim I mouse hole look like he's got his, oh. his thread that he sits on it's the pr prototypical arch-shaped mouse hole <laughs> that you've come to see and love in, in animated feature films. Big wedge of cheese. I, I actually think that he does eat a lot of cheese. I feel like there was a news story where he had gout because he ate too much cheese. Did he go to a cheese factory? Was he inspecting the cheese? Or am I thinking of That's, something else? He, he, the, these are all details from his life in some way that we've probably kind of mushed together and can believe is reality. I think so, but but I'm 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 very happy with my decision. I'm I'm picturing a mouse-sized Kim Jong Un and thinking that's kind of better for everybody. And I, I think, think that like PR wise, people would be like, he's so cute. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people are afraid of him because like you know he kills people. Right. Uh, so the the fact that he was like cute as a mouse, I think is good for his PR. <laughs> that's a beautifully uh, given gift i think you would really I think, appreciate I, that I, i'm very happy with that choice now the rest are going to be a little tougher um <laughs> you know people are going to say that like i'm like i got a thing about kid rock but i think he needs the lint roller <laughs> i think kid you know because no offense because like who doesn't love kid rock and everything <laughs> who he doesn't stands love for kid rock 
but but he just seems like a very linty guy to me. He just seems seems like if he takes off his hat or his jacket, it's just going to be like an avalanche of lint. <laughs> so so a lint roller, I think it would behoove him if he doesn't get this immediately as a gift. And I hope you get it to him immediate, immediately. I think it would behoove him to like go to a, like Walmart or any any high end department store and purchase his own lint roller or maybe a couple. I think they come in like a pack of three, right? Yeah, you know, one of the things I always say, I always say, is you can never have too many lint rollers. <laughs> that's kind of your trademark statement. It's, you know, that I think that's probably, I'm again, asking my wife to see if they, she can carve that on my tombstone. Because <laughs> I think, I think if, I, if I'm about anything, I'm about that. You built a career on it. Yeah. At this point, it's a little, you know, hack that you're still doing it. But look, whatever. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I feel like Kid Rock is someone who is probably constantly covered in hair lint mm -hmm. this sort of thing he could use it yeah and then almost almost by default i'd have to say dennis quaid gets the printing paper but it also kind of makes sense because you know he seems like a kind of person that um you know is always going to staples uh and always <laughs> you know just he's running out of toner he's like you know <laughs> he, he it, it seems like office supplies is something that that is a big part of his life something he needs constantly Probably more so than the other two people on the list. So not that he absolutely needs printer paper, but I'm sure he'd appreciate it. He'd probably, he'd probably get a nice thank you note back. Like, oh man, I was just about to go out to Staples. You saved me a trip. Thank you, Bridger. You're, you're the best. No, that makes sense to me. I, I can picture Dennis getting a little too frustrated with the printer not working or being out, having forgotten to get the extra load of paper. You know, maybe losing his temper, apologizing later for getting so mad about the printer. But if he has an extra stack of paper, he'll be fine. Yeah, I, my, my fantasy is he's right now like printing out his like headshot or resume. <laughs> and he's like halfway through and it says, what? Out of paper, honey? Do we have any more paper? All of a sudden, ding dong, special delivery. What's this? <laughs> and it's your gift. And he is overjoyed. He starts weeping. He starts weeping on the on the printer paper and and like three or four sheets are ruined but the rest are still good <laughs> beautifully played al that is truly a perfect round of that game and those gifts will be deeply appreciated i can't wait to get kid rock you know get the lint off of him we're all gonna benefit from kim jong-un being just the you know a cute little mouse and of course dennis quaid we'll probably be printing off restaurant menus headshots this kind of thing and he won't be screaming at the printer anymore. Yeah, everybody wins. Everybody wins. That's how Giftmaster works. It's all about winning. <laughs> uh, this is the final segment of the podcast. It's called I Said No Emails. People oh. write in to I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. I'm, I'm, let's be honest, the, their lives are not going well. They're writing into the podcast for advice. These people are desperate. They're things are bleak. Would you mind helping me answer a question? I would be honored. All right, let me read. With, with a U, like the British way. Oh my God, that's so classy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, very posh. Okay, this says, Dear Bridger and esteemed guests. So right off the bat, they're really, you know. I've got a name, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is insulting. <laughs> this, this says, My paternal grandmother, Georgia, is turning 92 on 2 22 So that's coming up. She recently moved in with my husband and I and uh, likes to play video solitaire and watches Natflax, what she <laughs> calls Netflix for some reason. Okay, so that's not a typo. 
Natflex. That's very hard to say. Okay, moving on. What would be a good gift for a 92-year-old? And before you suggest it, we already got her a throw blanket with a picture of a naked Jamie Fraser from the show Outlander. Looking forward to your response. Love, Rachel. Okay, I've never seen Outlander, and I'm not familiar with Jamie Fraser, but apparently the grandma loves this man and wanted him naked on a blanket. Well, I, I think he, he, uh, it's hard to go wrong with a throw blanket. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm still a little upset because, I mean, if, if uh, uh, the paternal grandmother had any class, uh, she would be turning 22, which would make all the other you know, information <laughs> that much more in- interesting. Like 92, it doesn't quite you know, scan. Right. So right off the bat, we know we're dealing with trash. Yeah, it's trash, trash. Um, yeah, a throw blanket, I, I think, I, you know, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it's hard to go wrong with a throw blanket, no matter who's naked on it. Right. I mean, there are so many men who could be naked on a throw blanket. She's got one. Why is that stopping you from getting another throw blanket with an actor I've never heard of naked on it? You know, just get her countless blankets. She's just moved into the house. You're obviously probably it's just you and your husband. Like you probably didn't have that much bedding in the first place. You've got to stock up. I agree one hundred percent. If if you get anything else, I think maybe the ability to be the size of a mouse that would be, <laughs> you know, the, like second gift. Right. If you're going to get something other than a throw blanket. <laughs> late in life, it's a great late in life decision to become small as a mouse. Like. She's probably seen it all. She's done the blanket, it all. The blanket has become that much bigger when you're mouse sized. <laughs> right. So it's that, that, that much more blanket to enjoy. You don't have to buy as much blanket for grandma. That's correct. And I mean, look, she just moved in. She's playing. She loves to play video solitaire. I mean, Rachel, let's be honest. Your grandma's taking advantage of you. She's mm-hmm. moving in and immediately having a birthday, uh, expecting gifts. You've already done her this huge favor. She's the third wheel in this relationship. Just what a burden. <laughs> total burden. I mean, I don't know that you should get her anything. I don't even know if you should be throwing her a birthday party. You want all of her friends messing up the house? Ask her what she's going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe just get her a card. This is happy birthday, Grandma. She opens it up and says, now what are you going to give me? And uh, then just leave her for the night. You know, uh, old people love surprises, so maybe you could like wake her up in the middle of the night and say, <laughs> <laughs> uh absolutely i think that you know if you want her to enjoy her 92nd year and to <laughs> that's the perfect more 3 a.m on your 92nd birthday being woken up by a screaming granddaughter <laughs> who could ask for more who could rachel i, I mean i think you, i don't i don't want to step on any toes i don't want to you know assume too much but i think it's time to start thinking about moving grandma out this woman yeah. swoops in eating your food using your blankets playing your video solitaire i mean yeah look she's a leech it's very suspicious behavior if you ask me <laughs> i mean i i would i would have her followed or at least have an investigator kind of figure out what's her trip what what is her deal She's 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 got some kind of scam going on here. I don't know what it is, but I think you should figure it out before it's too late. She is bleeding your bank account while you're not watching. Use the gift money, like Al said, on a PI. Get the situation under control. Get grandma behind bars. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about these big birthday parties anymore. It's too much. Yeah. Al, we answered that question perfectly. We've I mean, basically I think we did. exposed this fraudster. 
And uh, you're, yeah, we've seen, you're doing God's work. You're helping people. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It needs to be said over and over and over. It should be screamed from the rooftops. And hopefully Rachel understands that. And hopefully Rachel's thankful because I hope so, too. You know, I've gone out of my way to help. And so is Al here. Wonderful. It's the most I could do. Uh, <laughs> Al, this has been such a delightful time. And now I have a trophy. This is incredible. You do. Which I can kind of probably just claim credit for. You know. I hope you, I hope you proudly display that and say, I'm third. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a winner. I'm a third place person. <laughs> I've never succeeded at a single thing. I'm, I'll proudly do that. Thank you so much for doing this. I've just had the time of my life. Me too. This was so fun. Thanks, man. Listener, this is the end of the podcast. And, you know, we're learning, you know, what happens at the end of the podcast and figuring out, you know, how to handle ourselves. And I trust that you've done that and that you're, you continue to grow as someone who knows how a podcast ends. And so, again, I'll send you off into the world. I, God knows what might happen to you. but. It's not my responsibility. I have to kind of absolve myself at this point. This is the end. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an exactly right production. It's produced and engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. You have to see the gifts. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do, considering everything I do for you. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads. When I invited you here, I thought I made myself perfectly clear. When you're a guest in my home, 